Welcome back to the Weekly Kate, the weekly show where I, Kate, tell you everything you need to know. And is Midnight's not the most beautiful, amazing, eloquent, ridiculous album you've ever heard in your entire life? I feel so happy I could cry. <laughs> Taylor Swift punched us in the fucking gut and yet gave us everything we wanted. And I am so happy because this album is so fucking good. It's so good. And I didn't think it would be bad. I didn't. I was under no thought process that it would be bad. But it's exceptional. It's phenomenal. It's truly a masterpiece. It's so good. It parallels so well to Lover, which is nothing I ever thought we really needed until now that we have it. Let's see. I listened to it at midnight last night, twice over, and then I woke up at 7.30 and I've been listening to it since it's 5.30. Like, the only voice in my head today is Taylor's. It's not even my own. I love it so much. It's so freaking great. I'm, I, I currently am not in a position to discuss which songs are my favorite because I've only had 10 hours of listening. So maybe by next week. I could narrow it down, but I have been listening to the 3 a.m. extended tracks. So the album was 20 songs on it. I knew there was not only 13, please. Like she's a lyrical genius. There's absolutely no reason she's only going to give us 13 songs, but the song Paris on the extended version is so good. <laughs> Lavender Haze is so good. Antihero is so good. There's a couple songs that are very sad, which like really hit you in the feel. Oh, I'm so, I love it so much. I cannot wait until she announces a tour. Like I'm going to fall over. I'm going to fall over. Like how am I supposed to handle myself once I know I have acquired Taylor Swift tickets? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live? Oh my God. It's a great day. It's a great, great day. I love it. I, you know, I, I love when any new music comes out, but like, I feel like no music is as, as anticipated as Taylor's just because she, her promotion is so different. Like the secrets, the Easter eggs, the clues, the hints, like all of that, like really plays into her releases, which I'm sure she loves. And I'm sure her PR team loves that too. But it's just like, oh, this is just so well done. It's incredibly well done. And I love it. I love it. Paul last night was saying justice for cardigan, but like, fuck folklore. I never need to listen to folklore again in my life since Midnight's came out. I probably will because there are some very good songs. But as I've previously stated, I was not a folklore evermore girly. Like I like them and I'll listen. But I lived in the lover era for so long because it's never got its justice, but now it's going to get its justice. Oh, it's so gorgeous and beautiful. I love it so much. (laughs) I do. I love it. I'm so happy. (laughs) Like, can this just be a four minute podcast? Like, what else am I going to say today? (laughs) I loved it. I think it's so great. Oh, I, oh, so... So beautiful, so amazing, so eloquent. It's it's perfection. 
it's perfection. It got an it got a score of a hundred on whatever medium scores music like the records that come out it got a hundred out of a hundred and it deserves it it's it's impeccable i am seeing because like my tiktok is like fully catered to like all the things i like my algorithm you know and i am seeing people do people of the taylor swift fandom often do like rankings of her albums and like what songs they think are number one or whatever I am disagreeing with most of the Swifties <laughs> that are on TikTok, but it's fine. I don't need their rankings to justify my own. It's fine. Ugh. It's so good. Oh my God, you guys, if you have not listened, I don't know how that's possible. You have to listen. It's, ugh, it's so good. It's so, it's so good. I love it so much. Ugh. Anyway, thank you, Taylor. Thank you for this gift. That's what we truly needed. I really needed more music from her. And now we have it. And it's not like COVID sad, slow, like listen to while you're reading music. It's like freaking like involved, heavy beats, anger, sadness, love, happy, like big emotions, you like big feelings, you know? Oh, I love it. I love I love when Taylor releases big feelings. I love it so much. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Oh, you guys are so happy. <laughs> it should not be a surprise whatsoever. I know. But like, I'm so into it. I'm so into it. It's it. So I talked to Caitlin about it this morning because as we all know, Caitlin's is 52. And I, of the 10 albums, it's <sighs> for me. It's top two or three. I just can't assign which one is one, two, or three. You know? Like, I, I can't – like, it just depends. You know? But I oscillate I, – I think it's it's definitely top two or three for sure. For sure. Like, I – like, I could kiss other albums goodbye. <laughs> like, I never need it. I won't because that would be crazy. But I just – ugh. I love it. Congratulations, Taylor. You fucking did it. And I bet she knows it too. Like, I bet she knows. Ugh, so great. Okay, let's get into other pop culture. Let's see what we have here. Do, 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 do. Where are we going here? Okay. I mentioned this on my Instagram stories, and I am so excited that this happened. But Selena Gomez and Hailey Bieber were at the same event. They not only took pictures, they took several pictures and like basically had a hangout, which is so freaking major. And like, talk about controlling the narrative. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, Selena Gomez dated Justin Bieber when she was in, I don't know, late teens, early 20s to mid 20s, right? She's 30. Yeah, that that works. That math maths. Haley Bieber is obviously married to him now, has been for many years, I want to say 3 or 4. And there's always been this like speculation that they have beef, that they hate each other, that you know, blah 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 when Selena came out with I want to lose you to love me. 
Haley posted that photo of a song that's basically said like I'll fuck you up which she then took down and was like we can't tear the women down like blah 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 like okay whatever so like we all thought there was beef and like there's still people in the world that think that Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez should be together I'm not under that belief have you seen Haley holy shit and she loves him and he loves her so be married and be happy but this is like absolute confirmation that's like not only are we okay like we're more than okay like we'll we'll touch in a picture like we'll hug we'll have a conversation i wonder how justin feels like truly like how does justin feel about this like it must be weird like it must be but Haley's not an actress so like she and she looks comfortable in these pictures so i wouldn't assume she's acting but it it makes sense to me that both teams of people and people themselves individually would say like let's control this and let's you know maybe not in a planned sense but like let's put something out there that shows that we can all move on like like because they these people justin selena and Haley, were the first people to move on it's everyone fucking else in the world that is not moving on and i'd be pissed too like if i've been married for five years if someone kept saying that my husband should be with his ex-girlfriend still after five years i'd be like go fuck yourself but if that girl was like i don't care you married him like let's all move on i'd be cordial with her i mean not his particular ex-girlfriend though because like she was a psycho (laughs) but in general like generally speaking like i i would be nice you know because like what am i like i'm the one that got married you know like it's not a competition you don't have to be married to be happy. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, like, Haley's not hurting in any way. You know what I mean? Like, please. <sighs> anyway, that's absolutely major. I I love it so much. Oh, so good. Okay. What else do we have going on here? Do, 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 do. Tom Brady made some sort of hellacious comment. I don't, I'm not going to find the comment. I'm not going to repeat it, but he essentially made it sound like playing in the NFL is like being deployed in the military. And again, this reporting is kind of fudged because I don't know if he meant in the context of like you're away from your family or you're working really hard or you're getting beat up. And it's physically taxing. I don't know what he meant. I don't have to know what he meant. Why anybody would compare playing a sport for hundreds of millions of dollars to being deployed in the military is absolutely beyond me. Like, that is so insensitive, so rude, so unappreciative. It's it's baffling. It is baffling to me. There honestly has not been enough coverage of this. And I think that's insane. Like, for all the Brady lovers and for all the people who were like, oh, Tom Brady, he's the goat, blah, blah, blah. This man has shitty character. And I understand that everyone can, like, you can talk out of turn and you can say things you don't mean and blah, blah, blah. He has enough media experience and training. And I'm sure he has a publicist. I'm sure he has a PR person. I'm sure he has a manager. Not even for sports. Like, I'm sure he has, like, a personal, like, personal thing manager to say to him, Don't say shit like this. 
And then it just flies out of me like, oh, yes, I'm going to war every day. It's like being deployed playing football. Like, what? I can tell you from secondhand experience because my brother was deployed several times in the military. It's not fucking like that at all. And if it was, he would have a totally different experience. So as someone from a military family, like, fuck you, Tom Brady. And secondly, like, your team, you, your team needs to help you. Because you're clearly going through it. Like, you're going through a rough time. And, like, we can all sympathize for you. But, like, when you're an asshole, like, mm-mm, no. No. True color shining through, Tom Brady. It just, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't accept. I do not accept. And Giselle's leaving his ass. So, whatever. Whatever. Okay. Moving on. Oh. Okay. I understand I'm going to have some sort of bias when I talk about this story. However, I'm going to anyway. (laughs) So, Meghan Markle, on her latest episode of Archetypes, was dissecting the word bimbo, and she was speaking with Paris Hilton. In her experience of of being labeled a bimbo or whatever, being treated as one, she remarked on her time on the show Deal or No Deal, where she was a briefcase girl. Like, the girls who would, like, open up the suitcase, show them some money, and, like, gasp and, like, oh, my God, it's all this money. You know, like, she played one of those girls. And apparently, she was, like, the show treated us like bimbos, blah, 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 blah. Like, I was supposed to act stupid. Like, first of all, if you pride yourself on being such an actress of your time, which you were a C-list actress, but let's, that's not the point of the story. Then you, sh- then you, the educated, eloquent person that you are, should consider acting like a bimbo acting. If you want to be an actress, you are acting. And a good actress makes us believe that you are a bimbo. So if you did that, kudos to you. But being ashamed 15 years later, or how many, 10 years later, how many years it's been, about playing a bimbo on TV because you're now in a situation where you're definitely not acting as one or aren't one is totally different. No, ma'am. You don't get to criticize not only yourself, but the people who were also in that role. Tens, there's what, 20 women on the stage at once and probably not everyone's on the show all the time. So let's say there's 50 women acting as briefcase showers during that time of the show a season let's say and how many seasons was like that's a hundred that's hundreds of girls so you're insulting every single actress or model that was on that show calling them a bimbo because you are thinking that you are in a place now that you can say oh yes we must look down on that behavior we must look down on that time because i am so above it now Ugh. like you're, you are being rude. Can you dissect the word rude? That would be great. And then one of the women that she worked on the show with, where was that? I can't find it now. Shoot. Who was it? Who was it? There was another actress that she worked on the show with, and she basically was like, no one treated us like bimbos. Like, you're saying that they did, but they did not. Which like, oh. Thank you for bringing the receipts. Thank you so much. That's so great. Then 
the internet does what the internet does and did its thing. And there's plenty of people arguing on the internet currently that, hey, Meghan Markle, a few years later, you were pretending to perform oral sex on somebody in a parking lot for a TV show. So let's tell us how that's less bimbo behavior than opening a briefcase and looking a little flighty. And of course, there's no rebuttal, but like, I'm just saying, like, she needs to stop. She needs to be stopped because does anybody fucking care? Like, you were a briefcase girl. Fine. Is it demeaning to label it a briefcase girl? I don't know their, I don't know their actual title and I'm very sorry. I don't mean it in a demeaning way, but like, this was your job. This was a job you sought after and then took, and then you were on television and you went on to be a paid actress. I don't understand what the problem is like, but like calling yourself a bimbo, excuse me, I have to adjust on my couch. If you hear a noise, like labeling yourself a bimbo for the sake of this conversation with Paris Hilton is ridiculous. Ugh, I don't know. And then she was like on the cover of variety magazine. She's saying all this crap. She's interviewed with them and she is, I know I'm a hater and I I understand. I know. The way she answers a question seems so insincere. And I realize I'm looking at it through the lens of, I assume she's being insincere. But lately, it just seems so fake. And I like, I don't want it to be that way. And I thought maybe after the queen's funeral, may she rest in peace. Things would change, but it just seems to have gotten worse. Like I saw a piece of the interview and she was asked what TV she watches. And she went on this tangent, and I'm not shy to tangents. You know me. I'm not. About like, oh, well, we put the kids to bed and then I play the Wordle. And then I do my my language learning. And then maybe possibly if I think about turning the television on, which I rarely ever do because it's you know, because I, I'm so above it, then maybe I'll think about touching the buttons. It's like, what? What? I saw someone say that she's the person who tries to fill their thousand word essay with crap. Like you start with 200 words and you have to end with a thousand and you just throw in all this shit. Like it, that's exactly what it is. Like you're just not answering our question. And like, why do you have to tell us that you're trying that you play the wordle and you're learning a different language and you put your kids to bed. You can't just say you watch TV. Is it so horrible? You used to be an actress. You used to be on TV. Why is it so hard for you to say I watch TV? Aren't we past this whole like judgment, screen time, TV rots your brain, boob tube type of thing? Like, aren't we past it? Like, everyone has a TV. The Queen had a TV. What? I don't know. Anyway, it ugh. it's absolutely baffling to me that she keeps getting away with this behavior. And one day, one day her contract will run out, will run out. Excuse me. I ate really hot soup earlier and my tongue is kind of burned. <laughs> and I feel like I keep talking with a lisp. I'm so sorry. Um, her contract will end and maybe we won't have to see anything of her ever again, which would be great. Okay, moving on. 
Oh, there's Taylor Swift again. Oh, she's so great. She's so great. Oh, I feel like I passed something I wanted to talk about. That's not it. That's not it. Hmm. <laughs> I know you all hate when this happens in the show where I can't find the thing I'm looking for. Welcome to my life this past week, honestly. I don't know. Where was it? Oh, this Jason Sudeikis Olivia Wilde thing. So, in a nutshell, their former nanny made allegations against them, saying stuff about their behavior and their relationship towards the end of it. And when they were trying to work it out or being separated or whatever, there was an incident where Olivia Wilde was making a salad dressing and Jason Sudeikis laid in front of her car so she couldn't leave with the salad dressing. And allegedly the salad dressing was for Harry Styles. And the salad dressing has like made waves across the internet. Apparently it's Dijon and red wine vinegar. Apparently, quote unquote, very good red wine vinegar. And you stir it and then you add in six tablespoons of olive oil very slowly to like make it like a cream consistency. Apparently it slaps. I'll have to try it. I just have a lot of questions for this nanny. Like, are you a former nanny? You have to be. Did you not have an NDA? Did you not think that two of the biggest people in Hollywood are going to have money and power to like not take you down? That's not what I mean, but like to, to, to combat this. I, I just, I'm very confused. And what, what I take from that story is that Olivia Wilde left Jason Sudeikis for Harry Styles, which she has denied vehemently for months. But like, you don't just bring a guy salad dressing. Like, come on, you know? So like you left the father of your children for a 28 year old pop star, which he is, he is Harry Styles. Like, oh, fine. Like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm not stupid. I see it too. I just, over a salad dressing? Like, and I have a very hard time finding Jason Sudeikis to be an animal. Like, I really do. Only because he's from Kansas City and I love him so much. <laughs> and, like, he can do no wrong in my eyes, you know? So we'll just we'll we'll just we'll be okay. Like he's Ted Lasso, you know. I no. I, I'm on Jason Sudeikis' side. I can't with Olivia Wilde. And we all know I hate the way she speaks. We all know I hate it. So am I still recording? I did this last episode too. My computer started falling asleep while recording, and I never did that before. Maybe my computer's tired of moving too. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see if there's anything else going on in the world. I mean, in the world, yes, obviously. In pop culture, I do not know. I want to go. Let me see. Hang on. Gotta switch hands here. I'm right-handed. I'm so right-handed. Like, it's, like, ridiculous. Do you ever feel that way? Like, you're like if you lost your non-dominant hand, like, you'd be okay? Um... There's a lot of Meghan Markle on this page. That was so silly to come here. Oh, Paul's calling me. 
desperately need to change that ringtone. And my phone is on silent, but he's my emergency contact person. So, like, his phone calls always ring, which, like, that's cute. But all I could think about is Adam Levine. <laughs> and he knows I was recording. He's like, why are you calling me? What do you want? Anywho, I thought I found a story, but then he interrupted me so rudely. Let's see. Is there anything else going on except Taylor Swift? Not, I mean, not really. Not really. Of course not. Hmm. I don't see much news. Let's see. Let's look on one more spot here. Oh, is something I want to mention. It is royal royal related. Liz Truss, the Prime Minister of the UK, resigned after 44 days, which is major. She's the shortest sitting UK Prime Minister. And I'm not discussing the politics of this because one, I'm not a British taxpayer, and two, that's not my purpose here. But I am grateful for her resignation because her curtsy was the most atrocious, horrible, disrespectful motion I've ever seen. She looked so uncomfortable. She looked so stiff and like awkward. And like, I'm sorry, when you're the prime minister of Great Britain, you know who you report to. So despite the fact that if you don't like the monarchy, that's too fucking bad. You're the prime minister. You create a government in the sovereign's name, which was the queen. And you were the last hand she shook before she died. So maybe that's why you're fucking resigning. And then it was Charles. So like, okay, if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. That's fine. If you want to resign, if you're not going to be good for the British people, that's fine. But I just like, her curtsy sucked. Like I'll find a picture of it and post it like it was like it was like she would forget that she had to and then she'd like almost bow because whenever she walked in to meet the king she would walk in with that that hot guy in the kilt i don't know his title i'm sorry (laughs) you think i would but i don't he's the really hot guy in the kilt um and he men bow women curtsy which let's not get into that but like let's let's just move on she would, I think, see him bow out of her periphery and, like, want to go bow. But women, when you curtsy, don't bow your head. You just step backward and kneel. You keep your head up straight. Unless it's, like, a sign of reverence. Like, when the queen died, then you, like, bow a little bit. But, like, the king's right there. So she was just so awkward. I'm I'm glad I don't have to look at her curtsy ever again. It was atrocious. Atrocious. And, like, not for nothing. You would think that to be in parliament and then to be the prime minister, somebody would have taught you. Like, do you, like, is there no awareness to like make sure they know how to freaking curtsy or bow correctly? Uh, Absolutely wild. So I will wait with bated breath to see who replaces her and to see how their curtsy is if it's woman. There's only been three female prime ministers, Margaret Thatcher, Theresa May, and now Liz Truss. So perhaps a fourth, maybe not immediately, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with waiting all in due time. Um, oh, this one last thing I wanted to discuss. So Tom Felton recently came out with a book. He played Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter series. 
And essentially in the book, he describes his relationship with Emma Watson about how he feels like they are soulmates and that he had a crush on her the whole time and that she felt like he had a crush on him, but she never admitted it. And then Emma Watson came out and said, I did have a crush on you and you are my soulmate. And like, we, like we love each other. Just get married. Like, please just get married. Emma Watson has had bad boyfriend luck for so long. And then here she is calling Tom Felton, who is so cute and so nice and loves her, her soulmate. Just do it, man. Just do it. Like the best relationship she started out as friends. That's great. You got 20 years of history. Like just, just have cute muggle babies, please. For the love of God, please have cute muggle babies. Oh, we would love it so much. I really appreciate the Harry Potter cast. Most of them as they've become adults, like the ones that are kind of still in the public eye, that they are so appreciative of of the series and so appreciative of their time and their education there and their learning and their experience that they all look back and they're so happy and they're so grateful. Like, I just think that is so beautiful and pure. Like there's so much shit in Hollywood. There's so much crap. There's so much pressure to be X, Y, and Z. There's so much, and maybe it's because they're all British. Now that I think about it, it must be different for like American kids because all of our kids get fucked up. Like that's just the truth. Like look at all the Nickelodeon kids. Look at all the Disney kids. Like hello. But these Harry Potter kids did it freaking right. Like Emma Watson had no clue how much money she was worth until she turned 18. Her parents didn't tell her. That's staying humble. That's humility. Running out, you're worth like 150 million pounds. Like, oh shit. (laughs) But like, I just think it's great. And I remember, was it Daniel Radcliffe? Had to have been. They asked him like what he's, when Harry Potter ended, they were like, what are you going to do now? And he was like, and this is paraphrased, obviously. He essentially said, I have the ability for the rest of my life and for the rest of my career to choose what I want to do every time my work gets to be my choice. Like, cause essentially like he's been financially so stable because of Harry Potter, like he'll, he'd never have to work again. Like he gets to work for fun and, and for what he wants to do. And that is so cool. And I just like really appreciate how like just warm and cozy this cast seems like I really do. <laughs> gotta move to London. Honestly, like gotta be British. I'm 20% British through my lineage. So I could probably get citizenship somehow if they do that. I'm, uh, what am I? One, two, third generation on my British side. I think third. I'd have to ask. My mom will listen to this and tell me. I think. I think that's how it works. I think my great grandparents were born in the UK. I think. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, like, gotta be a Harry Potter kid, right? Like, oh, man. Like, wouldn't it be cool to just, like, not have to work? (laughs) I say that as, like, I don't have to work currently, but I will, I will eventually have to go back. Like, I will have to work. It will happen. It's unfortunate. And it's okay. Maybe one day in life, I can just be a podcaster. Paul said to me the other day, he goes, I hope your podcast pops off. I don't ever have to work again. I was like, you, you have to work. You are working. You have to work all the time. It's me. That's not going to have to work 
in the context that I do right now, I would still work and make this podcast the greatest thing in history for all of you. But I wouldn't have to be a nurse. I would probably stay PRN, just like keep my skills up, you know? But, but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I feel like I say that like every other episode. Like maybe I just won't work anymore. Maybe I'll just take a year off. But I am technically on a sabbatical. Technically. I Oh, you guys, I have to tell you a story. I have to tell you a story. So my last – I said on the pod previous to this that my last weekend of work was like very nice and pure. But there was an incident. What happened was – I ordered lunch for everyone. I received lunch from every, for everyone. And I ate half of my lunch. We ordered Jersey Mike's. I got a sandwich. As we know, I'm gluten-free. So I ate half my sandwich, put the other half in the fridge. A guy I'm working with comes out and he's like, my sandwich tasted weird. Like it didn't taste as good as, as usual. And I was like, that's so strange. Like Jersey Mike slaps every time. Like their quality control is great. And I was like, I don't know. It just wasn't that good. So then – Later on in the shift, I go to eat my other half of my sandwich and it's gone. He ate my sandwich. He ate it. He thought it tasted weird because it was gluten-free bread. Of course it tastes weird to you, you gluten-full person. Obviously. And he was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. There was no bacon on it because he ordered a club sandwich. I'm like, it was literally no ingredient that you ordered. No ingredients that you had on your original sandwich were on this one. And you ate the whole thing. You didn't take just one bite and be like, this is taste weird. You ate the whole fucking sandwich. So anyway, I had rage about my sandwich all day. And my friend at work was like, oh my God, you're like Ross from Friends. <laughs> you had rage about a sandwich. Now you're going to go on a sabbatical. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll take it. I'm not a Ross. I'm a Rachel, clearly. I don't know if that's ever come across. I'm definitely a Rachel. But I could be a Ross too. Like, uh, fine. Fine. So now I haven't eaten a sandwich since. But I'm like, my sandwich? My sandwich? Like from friends. Ugh. I was really pissed too. Because I thought it was pretty good. Because I'm used to gluten-free bread. I'm used to that texture, you know. But this guy... I wasn't used to the texture. So anyway, that's my show for the week. Um, I really have nothing else to talk about. There probably is other pop culture that's small and minimal that is escaping me, but that's fine. Um, I think that's all I got. Keep watching House of the Dragon. Season finale on Sunday. Freaking out. Freaking, freaking, freaking out. The Crown comes out November 9th. Also freaking out. I just, I love good television. So fuck off, Meghan Markle. We love our TV here. She should have made that response easier and be like, the crown is pretty good. That would have been hilarious. Like that, 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 that'd be pretty good. But she can't, because she can't help herself. She has to talk about her greatness, which sucks. Anyway, I'm not going to be a hater. Thank you so much for listening to the Weekly Kate, the weekly show where I tell you everything you need to know. Please save the show, subscribe, like, comment, review share as much as possible. I spoke about a giveaway last episode. I'm still working on the logistics of that, but I will get back to you and I will catch up with you next week. Next week's show will be out Friday morning per schedule. And thank you for spending part of your week with me. Bye.